Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode of Red or Dead is sponsored by the Read Harder Journal. Created by Book Riot, this smartly designed reading log consists of entry pages to record stats, impressions, and reviews of each book you read. Evenly interspersed amongst these entry pages are 12 challenges inspired by Book Riot's annual Read Harder initiative, which began in 2015 to encourage readers to pick up passed over books, try out new genres, and choose titles from a wider range of voices and perspectives. Indulge your inner book nerd and read a book about books, get a new perspective on current events by reading a book written by an immigrant, find a hidden gem by reading a book published by an independent press, and so much more. Each challenge includes an inspiring quotation, an explanation of why the challenge will prove to be rewarding, and five book recommendations that fulfill the challenge. So you can get your copy at bookriot.com slash readharderjournal. Welcome to Red or Dead, a bi-weekly podcast where we talk about the world of mysteries and thrillers. This is episode 43. We are recording on Tuesday, January 15th. I'm Katie McLean, along with Rincey Abraham, and we are coming to you from Book Riot. Hi, Katie. Hi, Rincey. How are you doing today? Oh, much better now that I've unmuted my microphone. <laughs> People will never, would have never known. I know. Uh, <laughs> So, yes, in case anyone's wondering, we had gotten about five minutes into recording when all of a sudden I get uh, a text from Rincey saying, hey, I can't hear your microphone. Let's let's try to let's I'm going to shut down and restart. And then I realized because I had been talking for a solid minute with a muted microphone. So this is off to a great start. Oh, and that was me (laughs) dropping my phone on air. Sorry about that. Oh, Lord, what is happening? <laughs> this is going to be just one of those nights, guys. Just oh, my gosh. prepare yourselves. <laughs> you know, this is funny that because I was like earlier this evening, I was thinking that how is this only Tuesday when it feels like this week has already been like like we're already due for another weekend? My at work because I, I work at a public library and thankfully I did not have to do. Uh, deal with any of these situations myself. I just heard about them from my coworker, but lots of upset, angry people about things that we literally had no control over. Um, so that was frustrating. But then she said the real kicker was when um, someone came in and they were upset because they didn't realize that sign- that in order to be eligible to possibly uh, to possibly win a prize for our winter reading program, they actually had to read something. <laughs> they thought signing up for the program was enough, and that they would be entered in for the grand prize raffle. And they were angry that reading was required for the winter reading program. And that was when I just said, "Okay, I quit for today. I can't." <laughs> Oh my gosh, I can't with people sometimes. Like, I'm the type of person who I've never worked like retail or any sort of like customer facing positions. And the these examples are exactly why I could never deal with that. I would just be like, what is wrong with you, human being? <laughs> like, first of all, you're in a library. <laughs> 
Second of all, it literally is called a reading program. My my coworker told me after she came away from the desk, and I told her, I've, she told me this. Well, she led off with someone was upset about the winter reading program, and I'm in charge of the the our summer and winter reading program. So I was like, oh my gosh, what happened? And she told me about how they were upset that they didn't that no one told them that that signing up for the winter reading program involved reading, and that was when I was like. Oh, thank God you answered that, and I didn't, because at that point in the day, I probably just would have been like, it's in the name of the of the program. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> and one of my the uh, one of my other coworkers who was also at the desk told the person who like she was the one who initially signed the person up for the program, and my coworker said, no, no, I I. Remember we talked about this? Like, you know, I explained how, you know, when you read a book, you get a raffle entry. And, you know, they we don't tell people, oh, you have to read a certain number of books. As long as they finish at least one book but by the end of the program, they get a raffle entry. And that, you know, they have a chance of winning our winning our grand prize. They literally have two months, two, well, one and a half months now to finish a book of their choosing. It can be literally anything. And this person was still upset. And that was, I just said, you know what, I'm done. I can't. I'm, I'm so sorry. This, <laughs> I can't people today. <laughs> So the, and that was when I was just like, how is it only Tuesday? Yeah, it really has been one of those weeks. I mean, mine hasn't been that terrible, but it's one of those weeks where I'm just like, I can't believe I'm only on Tuesday of this week. But yeah. and that's I, okay. I was gonna say, I checked the full moon schedule. We're like a, like a week away from the actual full moon, so I'm like, I don't feel like that's it. Just Maybe like, it's just going? like the new year, like everyone's just a little bit off. <laughs> I hope this is not an omen for 2019. Oh, no. I don't think so. It's only one day out of, or, you know, one couple of days. <laughs> no, I know. I, I will, you know, we'll try to stay positive. We'll, we'll talk about books. Books will yes. make us happy. Yes. Yes, it will. <laughs> and with that segue... Welcome to our old, our longtime listeners, our new listeners, um, everyone in between. We are so happy to have you along along this journey with us. Um, if you have never listened to our show before, as we said at, um, at the top of the show, we talk about mysteries, suspense, thrillers, true crime, movie adaptations, anything and everything that has to do with mysteries and suspense. Um, so we've, you know, we cover all kinds of topics on this show. We talk about news items. We do themed reading and uh, we uh, we also take um requests or recommend or recommendations or ideas for episodes from our listeners so at the beginning of every show we put out a re- a request for news um for news items or ideas for future episodes um we love hearing from listeners um in fact this episode that we're doing now um the the topic actually came from one of um from someone who emailed us with a really challenging um request for us so we'll we'll get into that in a little bit but um i just i always put that out at the at the beginning of the show we'll have our contact information at the end so if you have any thoughts suggestions questions, ideas, anything like that, you can reach out to us. And, um, and yeah, so we, we always, we always welcome feedback and ideas from, from the people listening, because I mean, Hey, you guys are the ones listening to it. We want to make sure it's interesting for you. And we learn, and we learn some cool new stuff along the way. Um, 
So before we, we've got a couple of news items, um, but before we get into that, Rinsey, you want to kick us off with our uh, first sponsor? Of course. Um, so our first sponsor for this episode is Last Woman Standing by Amy, Amy Gentry. Dana Diaz is an aspiring stand-up comedian, a woman in a man's world. When she meets a tough computer programmer named Amanda Dorn, the two bond over their struggles in boys' club professions. Uh, Dana confides that she's recently been harassed and assaulted while in L.A., and Amanda comes up with a plan. They should go after each other's assailants, strangers on a train style. But Dana finds that revenge, however sweet, draws her into a more complicated series of betrayals. Soon, her distress turns into paranoia, encompassing strangers, friends, and even herself. At what cost will she get her vengeance? Who will end up getting hurt? And when it's all over, will there be anyone left to trust? So with over 10,000 reviews on Goodreads, Amy Gentry has been picking up numerous fans who are eager to read her newest novel. Uh, Good Is Gone got some great reviews, including in the New York Times and Entertainment Weekly. Um, she also has won the Texas Institute of Letters Award for Best First Novel. Um, and so with her new novel, she's continuing to, um, you know, get some great attention. Um, she's also a writer and regular gig reviewer at the Chicago Tribune and a contributor at the Paris Review, uh, Electric Literature, and more. Uh, Amy Gentry actually wrote this book before the hashtag Me Too tidal wave and before revelations of abuse by like famous comics came to light. Um, and she says that like when this first big story broke, she worried that people might draw conclusions about um, who certain characters in her book are supposed to be. Uh, but as like more stories were coming to light, uh, she says that she realized that this type of behavior is just really ubiquitous in the industry to really be traced to any single person, um, which she says would be so funny if it weren't so sad. Um, so again, that is Last Woman Standing by Amy Gentry. And th thanks so much to for sponsoring this episode. God, that is such an interesting premise for a book. Yeah, it really is. I actually, uh, I put together the new releases this week um, and I put that one on my list and then I like saw the sponsor and I was like, oh, well, never mind. It's we're already talking about it because I was like, oh, this sounds really interesting. All right. Well, definitely adding that one to my list. Um, so for, uh, we got a couple of quick news items. First, um, our little group of, of Book Riot mystery readers on uh, Twitter were super excited to learn that Attica Locke uh, is going to be publishing a sequel to her award-winning novel Bluebird Bluebird, which came woohoo, which came out in 2017, I think. Um, and actually, this news came like literally like two or three days after I finally after I finally finished reading Bluebird Bluebird, which was fantastic and gritty and atmospheric and just fan and I just loved it so much. Um so there is another book in the works. I can't remember um what um if there's a publication date. I wanna say sept yes, yeah, September. Yeah, September. Yeah, so we don't have an official we don't have a specific date yet, but September um is when we can uh expect to see some more Attica Locke and I imagine that it is going to be brilliant as all the rest of her books are. So we will as more information comes our way, we will we will definitely let you know. And I know that both of us are probably gonna try and get our hands on an advanced copy of that book. Oh my gosh, if I get an advanced copy I'm going to cry. <laughs> I mean, not really, but... <laughs> 
I'll be so excited. I mean, I did the thing with Bluebird Bluebird where I like put it on hold at my library like literally months ahead of time. So I really did get it on day one for my library, which at this point, I'm also just like I would just buy it firsthand. But um, if I can get an advanced copy of that, I will be so excited. Um, yeah, because especially the way Bluebird Bluebird ends, man. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So <laughs> sequel has been very highly anticipated yeah and that was great news for me because yeah when i finished it i just went oh my god oh jeez i'm like well there's there's definitely another one coming and then like two three days later i'm like hey yeah you timed that well yes i did that totally planned <laughs> all right um another piece of news that we have is that there is going to be a limited series adaptation of the book Sometimes I Lie by Alice Feeney, um, and it's going to be starring Sarah Michelle Geller, and she's also executive producer of it. Um, so this is uh, being adapted or developed by Ellen DeGeneres' um, and Warner Brothers Television's production studio. Um, I think Warner Brothers optioned the book a while ago. Um and yeah, there isn't really a lot more information out there besides that it's been optioned and it's going to be uh, starring Sarah Michelle Gellar. Um, and they said it's going to be a limited series. Um, there's, I don't think there's any other information in terms of like when it would come out or like anything, what, you know, what uh, method like Netflix or Hulu or on television, HBO or something like that. Um, but it will be coming. So if you are a fan of Sometimes I Lie, that is an adaptation to keep your eye out for. And then last bit, we don't have an actual link uh, to this, but I just wanted to say that um, Blaine and I watched uh, the first two episodes of True Detective Season 3 on Sunday, and oh my gosh, is it good good like season two we got through like one episode and we were like eh, i don't feel like this is really going anywhere we loved season one season three oh my gosh it's gonna be fantastic it's starring uh mahershala ali and he like i could listen to that man read the phone book like his voice is just i'm just like oh my gosh he's brilliant and it's told in like there's all kinds of layers like there's the the story is like there's an original crime in the in like 1980 and then like 10 years later it gets reopened and then there's present day as they're doing like a documentary about the film or, or not about the film but about the case they're making a film about the uh, about the case and so you have like all of these like you have you have the main character at like three different stages in his life as he's going over the facts of the case and it's very dark it's very gritty we've already got like these creepy little like they look like little bride voodoo dolls that are at the scene of the crime um involves missing children this is this is where a few episodes ago where i mentioned that blaine had told me about this and i went oh, i love missing children <laughs> so um the missing children show i have to say is very good it's really it really nails the the atmospheric quality that i loved so much about season one I can't. I am so excited that this is going to be like our sun, our Sunday for the next couple of months. Um, eagerly waiting for this for this next Sunday. You know, we've got got a few days still to go, but I cannot wait to see uh, to see episode three. So, 
if you have an HBO subscription um, or if you were kind of hesitant, like, "Eh, I don't know, is it worth getting back into True Detective if you liked season one and weren't impressed with season two, definitely watch the first two episodes. They're fantastic. Yeah, I have not watched any of it just because I don't have HBO, even though, like, I know there are ways that you can get it. Uh, But if there was anything that was going to make me watch True Detective, it's Marasha Ali, for sure. Oh, yeah, he's, oh my gosh, he's, he is so good. Okay, um, so we can jump into our main topic for the episode. Uh, So like Katie mentioned at the top, this came in as a reader suggestion. And this one sent was sent i like pulled up the email because i was like curious i was like when did we actually get this email we got it like last march um so yeah so but this is like one of those topics that's like really hard to do so anyways uh we are going to be talking about native american mystery writers um someone wrote in asking for basically own voices novels related to native americans and native authors um and this took a little bit of work uh just because there are not that many out there. And even if they are being published or usually being published by like smaller publishers, um, so it's harder to get your hands on a copy of the book sometimes. Um, So yeah, it took us a couple of months, partially because like we get a handful of requests and we have things that we're doing, uh, but partially because like Katie and I wanted to spend time looking into it in order to have uh, recommendations to talk about. So yes, um, Katie, do you want to start? Yeah, um, yeah, I'm just seconding, seconding the, the, like, this was, this was a difficult challenge, um, because, you know, like, there are plenty of mysteries to choose from that feature Native American characters, but to find an own voices author, like, I'm, you know, I'm a reference librarian and I do reader's advisory and I, you know, I do this, I do this mystery podcast and even I was going, holy cow. So we did manage to find a few authors, um, that might be of interest to you guys. So, um, the author that I picked, um, her name is Sarah Sue Huckletube. I am probably butchering her last name. Um, but she is a Cherokee tribal citizen, um, and she has a she has a series. Um, and uh, the first book in in the series is called Deception on All Accounts, and that was written. I think it was 2003. I'm going to have to bring up my Goodreads page just to just to make sure I've got the information correct. Um, and I think she's got maybe three or four other books um, that have been published since then. I think she has a, her latest one was published like last year or something. Um, so she is she is still writing. Um, but yeah, Deception on All Accounts um, follows the. Um, the main character is also um is also part Cherokee. She's actually her her father was Native American and her mother was um was white. So the character kind of talks about kind of being pulled between these, you know, these two different groups of people, these two different ethnicities, um, in a way that's that's kind of difficult to deal with. Um and the the main the crime actually i mean there is a murder here but the crime is also centered around a bank robbery um which was interesting cuz i haven't really i like 
there aren't there aren't that many mis- the many mysteries at least that I've read that that you know kind of focus on on those those types of the you know robberies and stuff like that at least not that I've read um so that that was a little bit different um but the main character Sadie Walila um she's um like a middle manager at this bank and she comes in early one morning to to open up and there is um someone has been waiting for her and he put in he holds her basically holds her and her coworkers as as they arrive he holds them hostage makes her open the bank or open the vault steals the money ends up kill or kills one of her coworkers and then gets away so they don't know they don't know who it is and they're trying to figure figure out who did this um and then mixed in with this story um you also get um you you get a look at Sadie's life like her place in you know her place in the town her place within the Cherokee culture like the aspects of her life and her family that she is in touch with um versus other elements that that she's not quite so in touch with um you get kind of snippets of more modern Native American culture um, and different like rituals and practices that are still kind of being kept being kept alive in the present day. Um, and then she, there also she's got these other relationships that she's trying to she's trying to navigate, like you know, with her coworkers, with um, you know, with the of course the the handsome man that that comes into the book. There's you know there's a relationship that that comes into play there. Um, other people that that she knows. Um, for example, as they're investigating the crime, the the police officers uh, believe that it's this um, this local homeless man. Um, they believe that he committed the crime because they found him wearing a sweatshirt with the um, with the dye that they that they put in some of the um, in some of the bills as a theft deterrent, or at least as a way to figure to to. Uh, deter criminals so he's wearing so this homeless man he's wearing he's wearing the sweatshirt it's got the dye on it they think he did it he is unable to speak so he can't um he can't uh basically defend himself she has a has a connection with him she's known him for a while she brings him food she kind of looks out for him um so you get you get like these these little snippets like these different characters as they as they play into her life um in that sense it's definitely more of a cozy style mystery i mean i don't know if i'd call it a direct cozy mystery but um but it's definitely i mean even though there's a murder that happens it's not particularly gruesome um i do have to say with this book it's not my it wasn't quite my cup of tea so to speak um so i admit i got about halfway through it i did not end up finishing um the book um, just, just because it is, it is a little, like I said, a little bit more on the cozy side, which if, if you've been listening to this show, you know, I, I generally don't go, don't go for, uh, those types of mysteries. Um, but it, um, it does have interesting elements to it. And, um, a fun fact about this one, or, um, if you are, if you're following along with the read harder challenge, um, this book would actually fulfill the, like one of the most difficult challenges on the list, which is to read a book, um, with less than a hundred reviews on Goodreads. Um, this one definitely fits the bill. It's, um, only a few people have reviewed it or rated it. Um, so if you, um, if you're looking for a book to fulfill that challenge, hey, I've got a suggestion for you right there. Um, so again, this is Deception on All Accounts. It is the first book in the Sadie Walila series, and the author is Sarah Sue Hoklatube.
Okay. Um, so the author that I am going to be talking about is Marcy Rendon, and she is a member of the White Earth Anish. Shinabe Nation. Um, she wrote the book Murder on the Red River, which came out in 2017. And I picked this book up, I think in 2017, or maybe it was 2018 when I picked it up, uh, because uh, Amanda Nelson, the executive editor here at Book Riot, uh, she posted about it on her Instagram. I think she got sent a copy of it for review or something along those lines. Um, and she like posted it on her Instagram and she was like, a mystery book written by a Native American author that features a Native who's been in and out of foster care. And I was like, you have just rung all of my bells. And I like went and immediately uh, got a copy of the book. So um, in this book, you are it takes place in the 1970s in, I think it it's either Minnesota or North Dakota or like right along those lines of those two states. Um and you are following a character uh, who named Cash. She's around 19 years old, I want to say, um, when the story starts off. Um, and she's been in and out of foster care since she was about three years old. Um, there was her family – I think her mother uh, – was in was driving um was drunk driving and like crashed the car and uh cash was in the car as well and cash was the only person from her family to survive um and she gets saved from the car wreck from by uh the local sheriff sheriff wheaton um and ever since the car wreck he's basically like raised her and taking care of her like she's his daughter um so they have like a very father-daughter relationship together. Um, Sheriff Wheaton wants Cash to like go to the local college and to get an education because um, Cash actually helps Sheriff Wheaton out on cases sometimes. Um, and so he thinks that she would be like a great like deputy for him and things like that. But Cash is very like skeptical of that. For She doesn't really think um, – you know, an education is really where she's going. She works on like local farms and things like that. Um, and she also doesn't think like if she became a deputy, the people in the town would respect her because she is of Native, she is Native American. Um, so that's sort of like the backstory to everything that's happening here. Um, and in this book, um, Sheriff Wheaton comes across a Native American man who is found dead. Um, and he asks Cash to go to, uh, the family's home and to inform the wife, uh, that her husband was found dead and to try to find out anything that she could from the other people in the area, um, since especially since Cash is of native, de native descent, um, the sheriff is hoping that she'll be able to find out some things that he wouldn't be able to as a white man. Um, and so they start looking into this death and obviously like, you know, the story progresses as they start looking into the murder and things like that. Um, so yeah, this is a really good book. I really enjoyed this a lot. Um, it's definitely on the like literary end of uh, mysteries. Uh, the mystery isn't really the most strong driving factor. Like there is this mystery that you are trying to solve, but I wouldn't say like this was solely a mystery book. It feels more like literary fiction. Um, it's also published by a small press. So that sort of gives you a sense of like the type of book that this is. But I enjoyed it a whole lot. Like the character of Cash and Sheriff Wheaton together are like such a good partnership. Um, Cash is such a complicated character. Um, it basically, it reminds me a lot of like the Jessica Jones type of like really um, hard 
female character or female character with a really hard shell or hard exterior who's been through a lot. Um, you know, she drinks a lot. Uh, she smokes a lot. Um, she makes poor decisions and like gambles and things like that. And so she's not like a likable character at all or anything along those lines. But you really feel for her as a character and you really root for her as a character. And like, I just really enjoyed following her along um, on her journey. And so, yeah, I really, really enjoyed this book. Again, it's called Murder on the Red River by Marcy R. Rendon. Um, it's uh, printed by a small press, so it might be a little bit harder to get your hands on a copy, but you can easily get it on like Amazon and things like that. And like my local library system had a copy of it. So you, you know, be sure to check to see if they have it available. And there's actually a new book coming out from Marcy Rendon. Um, I think it's coming out later this summer and it's called Girl Gone Missing. And it actually follows Cash. Um, and continues on with her story, which I am so excited for. I didn't actually realize that she had a new book coming out. Um, and then Jamie, who does the Unusual Suspects newsletter, and we talk about all the time here on the podcast, um, she sent me a DM and was like, hey, did you know Marcy Rendon has a new book coming out? At, uh, an ARC copy is available on Edelweiss. And I was like, thank you very much. And I immediately went and requested it. And they were very nice and approved it right away, probably because they are a small press. And so they're much more on top of those things. Uh, so yes, that is a book I will be reading uh, very soon. And I will be reporting back on probably how much I loved it again. <laughs> um, to... Go along with this discussion. I wanted to, um, after we had, um, well, during our research um, for relevant books and after we decided that we were going to do this topic for this episode, uh, we came across a couple of links that we definitely wanted to pass along to everyone else. So these links will be available in the show notes. Um, the first is um, a list a list from a fellow book writer um, that I think they, they put out last year called uh, it's five books about missing and murdered indigenous women in Canada. Um, because that is a, that is a huge issue that the, um, that indigenous communities, um, especially up in Canada are struggling with. They have, there are so many, uh, there are so many, indigenous women that are either go missing or are attacked, assaulted, murdered, and there just is no there there's barely any police involvement. There's no there's no push to find their killers. They kind of they they go missing or they're murdered and then they're forgotten. It's really heartbreaking. Um so there are five different books. Um I don't know if any of the authors on the list are indigenous themselves. Um so um but if this is a topic that interests you or you want to kind of read in or read up on it, this would be a great list to start with. Um, I actually um, I haven't started reading it yet, but I did check out a book from the list called That Lonely Section of Hell, The Botched Investigation of a Serial Killer Who Almost Got Away. And the book is written by the first detective in the Vancouver Police Department who is assigned to Vancouver's uh, Missing Women Investigation. Um, so he tells it from his, um, you know, from his experiences investigating, 
um, investigating these these murders. Um, so if you're looking for um, if you're looking for a true crime pick, this this sounds like it would be really interesting. Um, also wanted to point out this is another book that would um, fit a read harder challenge because um, the and the author's note indicates that the author um, uh, transitioned to male in 2015. So one of the challenges for this year is to read a book by a trans or a non-binary author. So hey, there you go. Um, there's another suggestion for you. Um, but yeah, that's definitely a book that I'm going to be reading um, probably, well, definitely pretty soon because, you know, you can only have library books for so long before they start to get upset. So <laughs> <laughs> I speak from experience. So um so I will probably be reading that shortly. Um, but then um, I mentioned there was another link, um, Jamie, who does the mystery newsletters. If you are not already subscribed to Jamie's newsletters, you need to do that immediately because she is she reads so many mystery novels and she talks about so many, many interesting upcoming books and stuff. She, she is just a fountain of knowledge. Um, but she posted this really interesting link uh, called How Indigenous Writers Are Elevating True Crime. Um, and so um, it, it looks at the at indigenous reporters who are looking into crimes against their communities and stuff like that. So it's a really interesting look at a group of writers that and, you know, uh, crimes that aren't that do not get a lot of media attention. Um, so uh, so we will have both of those links, the book list and the um, and the profile, basically, for um, indigenous uh, reporters. Um, but we thought those would were would definite were definitely of interest and would hopefully in, enhance the discussion that we're trying to have. Since there are so few Native American owned voices mystery writers. Uh, note to publishers: um, we would love to read more, because I'm sure there are more Native authors that that are writing mystery novels that would love to be published. So, um, so please publish more, please and thank you. Yes, please do. And also, if anyone is listening and is like, hey, I know of one or five or however many. If you have any other suggestions or ideas, definitely send them our way um, because I know Katie and I would love to read those books and so we could definitely read them and be able to talk about them on the show too in like future episodes. Um, even if it, we're just mentioning it in a currently reading section or something like that, we love to uh, get suggestions from you guys. We've gotten feedback in the past um, from other episodes where people are like, hey, here are some other authors who fit into this area. So if you know of any Native authors or Indigenous authors who are writing mystery books, definitely let us know yes please do all right so with that um we come to our second sponsor which i am super excited for uh is flatiron books uh who are publishers of the upcoming psychological suspense novel as long as we both shall live by joanne cheney you can't be married to someone without sometimes wanting to kill them as Long As We Both Shall Live is Joanne Cheney's wicked, masterful examination of a marriage gone very wrong, a marriage with lots of secrets. Joanne Cheney is also the author of What You Don't Know, which came out, I think, a year or two ago. Book Riot reviewers, oh my gosh, have been buzzing about this book for months. They call it sharp, insightful, darkly funny, already the thriller of 2019. Um... If you are a fan of domestic thrillers, this is the book for you to check out filled with surprising twists, 
lots of secrets. Um, I know that Jamie and Liberty of of uh, Book Riot fame have both read this book and went, holy banana pants, this book is bonkers. Um, and they have both also said that this book reads a lot better if you know next to nothing about the actual plot. Um, so we'll, we'll just leave you with that. If you really want to check out um, the a plot synopsis for this book, feel free. Um, but we're, we're just going to leave it there. Um, and definitely uh, definitely want, want all you guys to keep this book on your radars. Um, so again, the book is As Long As We Both Shall Live by Joanne Ch- Cheney, uh, published by Flatiron Books, and we thank them very much for sponsoring this show. All right. So I have our new releases for this episode. Um, the first one that I have is a nonfiction book, and it's called Duped, Double Lives, False Identities, and The Con Man I Almost Married by Abby Ellen. So Abby Ellen was shocked to discover that her fiancé was leading a secret life. Um, She, from her very first date with who she calls the commander, uh, she was caught up in this whirlwind. Within five months, he had proposed and they moved in together. But there were red flags, strange stories of international espionage involving Osama bin Laden and the Pentagon. Um, And soon his stories began to unravel until she discovered far later than she would have liked uh, that he was lying about who he was. Then she realized something else, that she wasn't alone. People are being deceived all around us every day. Um, So in Duped, Abby Ellen plunges headlong into the world of double lives, um, studying the art and science of lying, talking to women who have had their worlds worlds upended by men uh, who weren't who they professed to be, and writing with great openness about her own mistakes and uh, She just talks about uh, her experiences with this as well. Um, So these stories are remarkable yet surprisingly common and reveal just how strange and improbable our everyday lives really are. So again, that's called Duped, Double Lives, False Identities, and The Con Man I Almost Married by Abby Ellen. Uh, Next, I have No Exit by Taylor Adams. Um, On her way to Utah to see her dying mother, college student, Darby Thorne gets caught in a fierce blizzard in the mountains of Colorado. With the roads impassable, she's forced to wait out the storm at a remote highway rest stop, and inside are some vending machines, a coffee maker, and four complete strangers. Desperate to find a signal to call home, Darby goes back out into the storm and makes a horrifying discovery. In the back of the van, parked next to her car, a little girl is locked in an animal crate. Who is the child? Why has she been taken and how can Darby save her? There's no cell phone reception, no telephone, and no way out. One of her fellow travelers is a kidnapper, but which one? Trapped in an increasingly dangerous situation with a child's life and her own on the line, Darby must find a way to break the girl out of the van and escape. But who can she trust? Um, So this is being described as an edgy thriller. that has a lot of terrifying twists and hairpin turns. Um, So this is a book that will have you on the edge of your seat as you read it. And again, that's called No Exit by Taylor Adams. And then uh, the final book that I have um, is called Nowhere Child uh, by Christian White. And this one comes out next Tuesday. 
Um, so Kimberly Leamy is a photography teacher in Australia. 26 years earlier, Sammy Wendt, a two-year-old girl, vanishes from her home in Manson, Kentucky. An American accountant who contacts Kim is convinced that she is that child kidnapped just after her birthday. She can't believe that the woman who raised her, a loving social worker who died of cancer four years ago, crossed international lines to steal a toddler. On April 3rd, 1990, Jack and Molly Wentz's daughter, Sammy, disappeared from inside their Kentucky home um, and already estranged from since the girl's birth, the couple drifted further apart as time passed. Uh, Jack did his best to raise and protect uh, his other daughter and son while Molly found solace in her faith. Without Sammy, the Wentz eventually fell apart. Now, with proof that she and Sammy are in fact the same person, Kim travels to America to reunite with a family she never knew she had and to solve the mystery of her abduction, a mystery that will take her deep into the heart of religious fanaticism where she must fight for her life against those determined to save her soul. Um, So... This is um, a new book by Christian White, who is an internationally bestselling uh, novelist. Um, And this is about, you know, a psychological suspense book um, that's about a woman uncovering devastating secrets about her family and her own identity. Um, And again, that one is called Nowhere Child by Christian White. Um, And then I had two honorable mentions that I will just mention very quickly here. Um, The first one is The Golden Tresses of the Dead by Alan Bradley. So this is a new book from Alan Bradley. I know that there are a lot of Alan Bradley fans out there. Um, So I just wanted to mention that there is a new book out from him. And then The Vanishing Stare by Maureen Johnson, which is the sequel to You Truly Devious, um, which is a book I read last year and really enjoyed. And it ends on kind of a quick cliffhanger. Um, I also mentioned this in our last episode of like the most anticipated books. Um, that this is a book that I've been waiting for. So I know that other people have been as well. And so The Vanishing Stare by Maureen Johnson is finally coming out. Can I just say that, well, I've been working on a Book Riot post for upcoming um, crime novels, and I've I've had to chop it up into like January through March, April through June kind of thing. Like I've I've had to chop it up to keep the list more manageable. And the first two books that you mentioned, I already knew about because I was working on this article, but I did not know about this last one. And I'm like, well, crap, there's another one I have to add to my list, which is already like just completely, it's just been completely dismantled with all the books I've been reading about that are coming out this year. So I'm just yeah. like throwing up my hands at this point. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like insane looking at like even just like trying to put together this every like two weeks is like very difficult because so, <laughs> oh there's so many good books coming out. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So. Oh, all right. Well, I, I'll give you a teensy little break from all that talking to say that I have not yet finished anything since I didn't get through the book um, that I was talking about this week. And um, I am still working through um, both of my audio books. I did, um, I did, although I did not get a disc uh, replacement for Lethal White um, that had the issue where we had tracks from another disc, I did have a discounted Audible credit. And so I used it on that so I could keep listening. So I have, I have uh, been able to continue listening to Lethal White. I'm about halfway through it. I've got feelings 
Um, and I will talk more about those feelings once, once I finish the book. Um, still going through Into the Drowning Deep by Mira Grant. Um, so basically I'm hoping by the next episode I will have finished at least one of those books. Um, and in terms of what I'm starting, um, I am not sure because <laughs> I had a couple of books I did try starting that just weren't, you know, the right fit for me at the time. So, um, I mean, I've got plenty of other books to choose from, but I'm not sure what I'm going to pick next. So uh, next uh, next episode, hopefully there will be a surprise in what I have picked to both of to all of us. Surprise, <laughs> surprise for me, surprise for everyone else. <laughs> All right. Well, I have had some success in finishing a couple of books, and they were two pretty good books. Um, so the first one is I'll Be Gone in the Dark by Michelle McNamara, which I won't go super deep into because I feel like Katie talked about this consistently <laughs> throughout the last year. Um, but I finally read it. Well, I listened to it on audio. And man, this book is like so disturbing. I can listen to audiobooks sometimes when I'm at work because I'll do – I have like – you know, excessive spreadsheet work that I have to do sometimes. And so I'll just like pop in an audiobook and listen to it. And I realized while listening to it that I'm glad that I listened to it that way because I was so creeped out by so much of this book that I was glad I was reading it A, during daylight hours and B, when I was surrounded by a lot of people that like in a public place. So I knew nothing bad could happen to me. Oh, man. Yeah, you can't re- like I read that book at home. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I was checking all the blinds. I was making sure the door was locked. Oh my gosh, that was that book was creepy. Yeah, like there's something about like Michelle. I don't. It's something about the way that it's written, but also like the narrator does such a good job of like being creepy when she's talking about the Golden State Killer and like you know, saying his words and stuff like that. And it's like, it will give you the heebie-jeebies. So I'm like a giant baby, as I've mentioned multiple times on this podcast. And so this was like a very difficult audiobook for me to get through uh, because certain sections were like just so creepy that I was just like, I don't, I honestly don't know how so many other people have been able to listen or read this book because I know for a fact that if I was reading a physical copy of this book, I probably would have stopped reading it. Um, but the fact that it was audio and I could just like keep going through it without like a lot of effort um, made it easier for me to get through it. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but also like having that in your head was like a lot. So anyways, it's very well done, though, because, you know, it is so creepy. And also like but I personally was like more interested in or more engaged with the parts that were about like Michelle McNamara and her like looking into the crime and like her experiences of it. Um I don't know if that has more to do with the fact that, like, you know, obviously that she's passed away and all this stuff. Um, so it, like, it, I think that creates a little bit of a deeper connection with her side of the story, but also because I think that was more bearable for me. Um, so, yes, if you haven't read I'll Be Gone in the Dark yet, um, again, I highly recommend it. But also if you're, like, someone who can't handle true crime at all or, like, anything like that, then this one might be a little bit of a difficult one to get through. Um and then the other book that I have finished is The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hugo by Stuart Turton. I just finished this one a couple of days ago. And man, this book is – this book made my head hurt. Um, <laughs> but kind of in a good way because it's like a mystery. It's like a puzzle um, that you're putting together. And so like trying to keep track of all of the pieces of the puzzle, like I legitimately made my head hurt at times. Um, so if you aren't aware – 
you are following this one character um, over the course of 24 hours, and he keeps reliving this day uh, where Evelyn Hugo dies at the end of the day. Um, and he keeps reliving this day, but he like does it from the point of view or the bodies of different people who are there. Um, and there's a lot more that hap- that's going on in that situation. Um, you get to know a little bit about like why it's all happening and all of this stuff, which was an interesting twist that I wasn't expecting. Like I just thought this was going to be a gimmick, but they actually provide a little bit of an explanation. Um, And there's like a lot more depth to it than just like the mystery itself. But it does have a very like Agatha Christie type puzzle mystery feel to it. Um, I will say I was given this recommendation before I read it and I will pass it on. Um, if you're reading, don't listen to the audiobook because the audiobook is really confusing. Read it as a physical book if you or an ebook if you have the choice. Um, and keep like a piece of paper, like a post-it or an index card or something as your bookmark um, for this book and write down the days and what character you're in for each day. So like day one, it'll, it tells you like day one, but it doesn't tell you the character name. And so it like helps if you sort of have that written down as you find out that information, um, because otherwise it gets a little bit hard to keep track of everything. Um, so yeah, if you are someone who enjoys puzzle mysteries, definitely pick up the seven and a half deaths of Evelyn Hugo. It gets really confusing at times, but it's sort of one of those books where you kind of need to like push through it and just like go along for the ride. And then everything sort of wraps up in the end. So uh, yes, that those are the two books that I finished. Um, I don't know what I'm going to be starting next because I've sort of just been like figuring out what my mood is. And right now I'm reading a fantasy book, so that's not relevant. <laughs> um, so we'll just, we'll see next time what I've finished or <laughs> will be reading. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I did, I started rereading Furiously Happy by Jenny Lawson, which is memoir, essay, humor. Oh my God, I forgot how funny that book is. <laughs> and I like the, I, the first night that I just, I was in bed reading by myself. Blaine was in the other room playing video games. And I can only imagine what he was thinking because I was just sitting there just cackling. <laughs> Just to myself. Like, she's got this little story about chasing, or like, her cat eats a cat toy, and then she's chasing it around because it's got a little tinkle bell hanging out of its butt, and she's trying to, she's trying to, like, cut it with a pair of scissors, and the cat's freaking out. And I was, like, laughing so hard, I was practically crying. So, <laughs> if you're looking for a non-mystery suggestion, Furiously Happy by Jenny Lawson. Fantastic. <laughs> well, on that on note... That note that's a show uh thanks so much to everyone for listening for show notes you can head over to bookriot.com slash listen um we'll have links to all of the uh, news stories we talked about at the top of the show as well as uh all of the books we mentioned here in this episode um you can check all of those out if you are interested. If you enjoyed the podcast, definitely leave us a review over on apple podcasts so that way other people can find us and join in um, if you want to send us feedback or send us an email, um, you can email us at redordead at bookriot.com. Uh, feel free to send in any other native mystery writers suggestions. Uh, if you have any episodes, suggestions, or ideas, feel free to send those in as well. Um, otherwise, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Rincey A. And I am on Twitter at KT underscore library lady. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye.